This episode of Real Ag Radio is brought to you by FMC Preschool. Weeds constantly evolve, but so can your integrated pest management strategies. Knowing the latest weed pressures, resistant trends, application techniques, management strategies, herbicide science, and more gives you the tools for a proactive, agronomically responsible response. Go to fmcpreschool.com for recorded webinars from field experts and curated articles. fmcpreschool.com. Your knowledge, your business, your success. It's time for Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Real Ag Radio and realagriculture.com is your home for insight and analysis of the issues that are impacting your farm business. Let's get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio. Welcome to this Thursday, January 19th edition of Real Egg Radio. I am your host for the day, Lindsay Smith. And yes, it is Thursday, which means farmer rapid fire. Super exciting. Uh, I am really pleased and really glad that I've been able to host uh, much of the show this week. Thank you, of course, to Kelvin Hepner for hosting yesterday, sharing all of the interviews or many of the interviews he picked up at Manitoba Ag Days. But I assure you, there is so much more on realagriculture.com. He just, Kelvin is one of these guys that he goes to these events and he just collects it all. I don't know how he does it. Anyway, so if you're looking for any of the news or uh, any of those interviews, they are all there online. So please go and check that out. All right. Being the farmer rapid fire, of course, we've got a fantastic lineup of farmers to talk to. We're going to start in Ontario with Jarrett Harma and Mr. Dan Pecker. Uh, so looking forward to that. That should be a lot of fun. Then we're going to hop over to Manitoba, talk to Jason Kaler, and then head to the very special areas of Alberta and talk to Creston Jorgensen. So this week, my question, I actually have two questions of the week, which is maybe a little bit perhaps cheating, but uh, Sean's way, I can do what I want. So I'm going to ask the farmer. So One of the questions lines up with our poll that uh, we're asking everyone this week, so across social media as well as online, uh, we are asking where your budget lives. And the answers you can choose range from in your head to on a piece of paper to an electronic version that only you have or an electronic version everyone has access to, or of course, the what's a budget, never heard of her, which let's face it. There are, I'll be honest, there are a couple of people who have chosen the what's a budget. And uh, my partner is probably one of those. But many of you also are sharing that uh, there's usually a paper or electronic version. And then many people, of course, are saying that it just exists in their brain and their only brain. And there's, of course, a bit of an issue with that um, in that if it only lives in your head, it's really difficult for other people to maybe uh, know what is what is going on on there. Or when things change, it's maybe a little difficult to uh, figure some of those numbers out. But more importantly, and this is a thing that I've really noticed on our farm, is that if we tend to sort of guesstimate or, you know, think it through, maybe scratch down a couple numbers, we tend to be overly optimistic or overly pessimistic, and sometimes much to our detriment in that there are times where we probably vastly underestimate our costs and 
over, we're a little overconfident with what we think we're going to sell or at what price or whatever. And so the exercise of going through a budget, while I know just the word probably makes some people roll their eyes, the exercise of doing it and having to use current prices or reasonable yield goals or these sorts of things uh, really can help sort of put some of this together. So as much as it's maybe not the most fun, I really do recommend uh, setting out a couple enterprise budgets, at least start small, uh, get her done. And yes, you should have some sort of electronic copy, if only because it's easier to do the math. And also you can share it then pretty easily. So that's pretty cool. Okay, the other question I'm going to ask is what new thing are you going to do on your farm this year? So I'm excited to hear what the farmers have in store. If you would like to share what new thing you are going to do on the farm this year, I would love to know about it. You can call the Real Ag listener line 1-855-776-6147. Tell me what you're excited about, what you're going to try, what you're going to do differently. You can, of course, also zip me an email, lsmith at realagriculture.com or your regular host, of course, shaney at realagriculture.com and let us know there. And then, of course, you can find us all on social media at Real Agriculture across major uh, social media media platforms. You can get in touch with us there. Let us know. Uh, We love to hear back from our audience. Okay. And with that, let's go to a break. And I'm going to hop back on here with Jarrett Harima right after this. It's now time for a product spotlight with Seedmaster. We're joined right now by Tim Criddle. He is Seedmaster's global sales director. Tim, we've been talking a lot here on Real Ag Radio about the 160 acres of gold giveaway. Give us an update on the contest. How it's going? A lot of people uh, are entering. Uh, our dealers are quite excited about it. Our partners on this are excited and and, and behind it. BASF, you know, pushing their bigger canola, and then of course ESN Smart Nitrogen. You know, they're they're also promoting it. Decisive Farming have been excellent in terms of. Uh, how they, they want to see this thing, you know, succeed. And, and of course, uh, having crop intelligence have been really good and, and decisive farming. So we're really excited. We're going to announce the winner. I believe it is on the 26th of January. Great stuff. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, very, very exciting. And if you haven't entered yet, you can do so by going to canolamaster.ca. Tim, all the best to you. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate it. In the last decade plus, we've seen quite a significant rise in genetic potential for yield with some of these newer varieties. Look forward to bigger yields uh, and better protein profiles as well. On a per ton basis, because we're producing more and more grain on on every acre of land, our energy use in the last 30 years has declined by 30%. That's an incredible story. Keep up with all the latest in wheat at the Wheat School on realagriculture.com. All right, welcome back to Real Egg Radio. I am your host for the day, Lindsay Smith. And as promised, it is the Farmer Rapid Fire, and we'll start that in just a moment. But first, quickly, our segment today is brought to you by Canola Master. We call ourselves Canola Master because we want every canola grower to achieve growing perfection. Master your canola with the 160 acres of gold giveaway. Enter today at canolamaster.ca. Conditions apply. All right, let's go now to my discussion with Jared Harima. All right, joining me now from Ontario is Garrett Harima. Garrett, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Lindsay? I'm doing well. Okay. So what, first of all, let's back up a step. Before I ask what's going on on the farm, 
for anyone who maybe this is their first farmer rapid fire, tell me a bit about your farm near Uxbridge, Ontario. Yeah, we milk uh, anywhere between 80 to 90 cows right now and crop about 800 acres. Um, it's my dad, myself, and a few higher men and my sister that is with us. So we're lucky enough we have a big workforce, but we got a lot on the go as well. Mm-hmm. I get the sense you're very busy. A lot. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is nice. We've got custom work on the go, which keeps us busy in the summer and equipment to maintain and such. So, uh, yeah, it, it keeps us busy, but we like to be busy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Always good. All right, so uh, here we are, middle of January. What's keeping you uh, hopping right now? Uh, animal care, number one, making sure everything's bedded, healthy, what have you. And then uh, we got stuff pulled in the shop, got a couple tractors we're working on, uh, got a couple clutches we need to do and such. So we're doing that. Um, trying to do some benchmarking and uh, getting our financial goal set for the crop year and uh our year end is uh, january 31st so that's coming up so we'll be doing inventories and such like that towards the end of the month that sounds like fun okay not really but it actually this actually dovetails really well into and you didn't even know this but the question of the week there's actually two but one of them is where does your budget live so you're already working on it so so i get the sense that this is perhaps electronic and lots of people have access or does it, is this paper? How do you, how do you work through the budget process? Uh, year to year, it all depends. Um, most of the time, we just kind of go through with our um, agronomist, figure out what our fertilizer pricing and chemical seed pricing is going to be for the year. Um, our harvesting is all custom, both on the forage harvester and the combine. So that's a pretty easy number to plug in. Drying cost, everything is, uh, off-site with the, the grain elevator for the most part. So that's a pretty easy number to, to pencil. Um, and then from there, trying to figure out our fuel use during the spring, that, that's a good number. And then uh, depreciation on equipment. So uh, most of the time, it's just pen to paper. I'm trying to get everything on a Excel sheet. It's just having the the time and the focus to get everything onto the Excel sheet is where I'm kind of lacking right mm-hmm. now. Don't worry, you are not alone. Let me tell you. Um, I think that's pretty common <laughs> for sure. Now, you did mention animal care, of course, for this time of year. So winter can be a challenging time. Uh, sometimes it's extreme cold. Sometimes it's not cold enough. Uh, what kind of winter are you having and what challenges is that presenting? Uh, well, I'm sure you know, Lindsay, you're not terribly far from us. The uh, the freeze-thaw lately has been difficult in trying to manage moistures in the barn. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're trying to bed at least twice a week, um, depending on the barn and how many animals are in it, and just keep everything scraped out and um, cleaned out as much as possible. If we could try and keep that ammonia level down and the moisture levels down in the barn, uh, that helps. The main dairy barn all has automatic uh turkey curtains and fans and chimneys which really help this time of year that we're not having to worry about that barn as much but it's the older bank barns and the barns that don't have the automatic controls that we're really having to watch and make sure that they're bedded and uh, taken care of to the best of our ability anyways Mm -hmm. yeah that air is such a challenge i i will say as much as frozen water lines or water bowls and those sorts of things aren't fun 
it sure does make it a lot nicer for animals' lungs. So cold, yeah. cold is good for this time of year. Cool. Yeah, cold is good. Prefer, you know, minus 10 to 15 for us is better than this uh, plus minus weather right around freezing right now. Yeah, we're there too. So, um, yeah, we are, I mean, as the crow flies, we're, we are relatively close, but we're having a similar winter here in Ontario. And uh, we're, it's not quite what you would call, for us anyway, you know, maple syrup weather. We're not necessarily getting up into that four or five during the day, uh, but our nights are, are not terribly cold. So same idea. Uh, we at least have some snow cover. I know there's certainly areas that don't have that. So um, that is somewhat helpful, at least for anyone who's got fall crops in the ground. Um, my next question for this week is what new thing are you going to do on the farm this year? Well, we have a new corn planter coming this Ooh. year. So I guess that is our new thing. That that, that counts. Trying. Yeah, that, that definitely counts. Um, yeah, so what's what did you decide on? And how did you get to this decision of this particular unit? Yeah, so we decided on an eight-row John Deere pivot planter. They came out with a few years ago. Our harvesting equipment has all gone to eight rows. So it just made the decision easier to um, trade up our older aging John Deere planter. So we decided just to buy a newer John Deere planter. Um, It is just mechanical drive, but it's vacuum meters, uh, dry fertilizer, row cleaners, and it does have soybean plates because we do plant on 30-inch soybean rows as well. Um, we set our mind on this planter just because it is a lot heavier planter. Uh, I know the John Deere planters as well as my dad. So we understand the units. The dealer is, you know, a half hour from us to get parts. They're available. I've always found that John Deere corn planter parts, I don't have a stroke every time I go to the parts counter with the prices. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the reason we set our eye on this planter and and we really liked it from the moment they unveiled it at Louisville a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are all very good reasons. So I like it. You put it together pretty well. Um, So lots of considerations there for, for what you're going to do with it, which is exciting. So my last question to that, to follow up, I guess, is when you bring in a new piece of equipment and sound, I mean, yes, you've got some familiarity with, you know, the mechanics of it and fixing it and all those sorts of things. But do you give yourself, do you plan to give yourself a bit of extra time and getting it set up and, and as you get to roll, how do you budget in that time? Uh, We're fortunate. Our land base is fairly early. There's been years that we're starting planting, you know, the, the end of April to the first week of May, which gives us a bit of time if there is problems to, um, get through it for the most part and our land is staged enough that we have to wait on a few pieces you know a week or two because they're just a little wetter than the home farm here um the one thing is we're not huge acres through the planter this year so that'll be nice that we don't have to rush and and get it done um and having that extra five feet of planting will make it that we can cover more acres in a day that if there is problems we're not stressed out in trying to get it done. Mm-hmm. I like it. You've given yourself time. This is important. So I hope it goes well. No, for sure. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it is nice. You know, just 
and the only other hiccup we have is trying to get it done before first cut because we're trying right. to cut hay usually the end of May, first week of June, depending on where our, our grasses line up in terms of heading. So mm-hmm. that's the only hiccup. If we go past May 2-4 with uh, soybean planting, that's when we uh, start to get a little worried. Gets a little hairy. So what are you? What what is the first forage crop you're taking off? What is that? Uh, what is it made up of? I first we've gone to uh, alfalfa and orchard grass for okay, all of yep. our hay stands now. Yep. Pulled the timothy out. Um, Thank goodness. <laughs> it, it, it's not as resilient. It's really not, um, is it? <laughs> no, it, it, and we sell quite a bit of hay off farm as well for uh, horse customers and. It's a lot easier to sell our second and third cut mm-hmm. to them because they don't see the alfalfa stems as much and it's got that nice grassiness to it. Even though it might be in that 18 to 20% protein mark, they still like it. So that's yep. a nice part about it. And uh, yeah, I just haven't liked Timothy for a few years and it's working out with our milk cows. So we're just yeah. going to keep it that way for now anyways. Well, if you can convince horse hay customers that it's still good, you've done a great service to the industry. So, uh, well done. <laughs> All right. Okay, Garrett, I'll let you get back to your day. Thanks so much. Thanks, Lindsay. Take care. All right. We are going to stay in Ontario, but we're going to take a quick break, and I will be back with Dan Petker right after this. Can we talk about oats? If you're thinking about growing oats in 2023, how about trying CDC Endure from Alliance Seed? CDC Endure Oats is consistently one of the top-yielding varieties in the Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta Provincial Yield Trials. With strong standability, excellent disease resistance, and excellent end-use quality, CDC Endure might be the variety for you and your farm. Available from authorized Alliance Seed retailers, Parrish & Heimbecker, Patterson Grain, and Northwest Terminal. For more information, visit AllianceSeed.com. The Corn School on RealAgriculture.com has everything you need to take your crop to the next level. Want expert agronomic advice? The Corn School brings you top-notch expertise. Want the latest research? The Corn School brings you cutting-edge research through conference coverage, trial results, and more. And the best part? It's all free and available on your smartphone, laptop, or device anywhere, anytime. The Corn School on RealAgriculture.com, brought to you by BASF and Pride Seeds. We call ourselves Canola Master because we want every canola grower to achieve growing perfection. That's why we're launching the 160 acres of gold giveaway and giving you a chance to win everything essential for 160 acres of canola, including agronomy, premium seed, use of our most advanced seed drill, fertilizer, crop protection, and everything essential for harvest. Master your canola with the 160 acres of gold giveaway. Conditions apply. Learn more at canolamaster.ca. Welcome back to Real Egg Radio on this Thursday. I am your host, Lindsay Smith, and we head now to Norfolk County for a chat with Dan Pecker. And joining me now from sunny southern Ontario, almost like California, it, we can be in a California <laughs> state of mind, is Mr. It Dan like Pecker. California. Yeah, exactly. How are you doing, Dan? Yeah, I am having a wonderful day. That is fantastic. Okay, so now, yeah. I mean, you're a, you're a cropper. So is there yep. anything going on this week? On the farm, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I have lots of paperwork and taxes and other crap to deal with. Mm, those things <laughs> that you really can't get around, yeah. can you? 
They're kind of no, all the time. No. Well, you can, but eventually they catch you. Yeah, they do. And sometimes with jail. Yeah. So I highly recommend yeah. everyone file their taxes. Okay. So paperwork, though, what are you planning? What are you digging into? What sort of, what is the thing that you are pondering this week for the year ahead? Oh, I am forcing my ag retailers to give me input pricing. Mm. Whether they want to or not, but I am pushing them hard. So, okay, let's let's talk about that. Now, obviously, these are these are key members of of the farm enterprise. Uh, your yep. yeah, your suppliers. Yeah. How hard is it? Friends. Yeah. Well, some of them. I'm I'm going to guess that some of them you probably know quite well. How uh-huh. hard is it to get prices out of them right now? This time of year, it's it's like it's awful. Mm. But we have money to spend and. I mean, I know they all have had their pricing, like they've had their SRPs for a while now. It's just getting one to commit. Mm-hmm. Now, then, when does it get easier? Like in another month, another six yeah, weeks? Yeah, towards the middle beginning of March. Okay. Which is too late in my mind because right. that's when I want my product in my barn. Exactly. So... This is very much trying to get your pricing, trying to get things in place well ahead of time. Is this yep. harder this year than last year? No. Okay. This is a pretty difficult. <laughs> no. <laughs> difficult. no, it's actually easier. Like last year, everyone had like the COVID fears and pandemic right. fear. Yeah. And while the pandemic still exists, um, supply chains have managed to fill or come back to some of this gap. Mm-hmm. And, but it's it just, the hardest part is like any time of sales is nobody wants to be the first one up because they think their pricing will come out. Mm. Um, but who cares if it comes out? Like, <laughs> you have money. Cares? They have a product. You would like it. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. And my, my purchase is easy because I just want to buy it. I want no agronomy from any of them. Right. Yeah. So I just want to like sell Simple. me totes of stuff. Yeah. So is that a... a and again, we love our retailers. Don't take this the wrong way. Whatever. But I, I, I we do. love them. We do. But is it difficult when you don't fit the sort of full service model? Like, as you said, you're not hiring them yes, for your agronomy, because, all that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's taken them, oh, well, it's been four or five years now where we've, or I guess I have really pushed mm-hmm. within our farm operation, like, we are not a full service buyer. Mm-hmm. We are purely product, the service we find within ourselves. Um, and once in a while, certain retails have lost out because of it, mm-hmm. and they quickly learn. So there's one more retail who needs to learn the lesson, and then they will all come and understand. Mm-hmm. Right, because <laughs> well, but I mean, it's not that you're. Well, I would hope. I'm not going to speak for you, um, but I would hope that you know you're a good customer and that you pay your bill. In which case, if they have a product you want, but just that skid of product or whatever, why can't yeah. why Tell can't me what you it be- takes for me to come and get it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's all I want. Okay, you need your. Uh, they want you to be part of the PC Mastercard. You know the Galen Weston hole. You gotta uh-huh. use your number for uh-huh. everything and bring you, you into know, the whole more loop. expensive bread tastes better. That's that is right. It does not. Okay, <laughs> um, two questions this week. So one of them. So I'm glad you brought up the supplier thing because we got some interesting stuff on the uh, insights panel sure. about that. But uh, our question that went up uh, over the weekend on the website, our poll of the week, is where is your budget? 
So the the for, what? for well, um, let's go with your sort of cost of production, your crops budget. So your your you can whichever ones. Do they live in your head? Are they on a laptop? Can other people get to them? Are they on a napkin? Where where do you yes. put your budgets? The answer yeah. is yes. All of those. Um, there's a Google sheet. There's yeah. a Excel spreadsheet. There is my brain, and I remember it all. Mm-hmm. And then um, my dad, and then my wife, because she hears me bitch about it right. at supper time. <laughs> okay, so like you've got some redundancy there. Then yes, with, yeah, because yes. it's you've got someone else, a, an electronic version. What's in your head, and someone to remind you that you complained about it. Yeah. So yeah, so you've yeah. got all your bases covered. Okay. Uh, next question. I like that one. Uh, but your next, my next question is, what new thing are you going to do on the farm this year? What's your plan for something new? Is it terrible to say nothing? Yes. You have to actually come up with <laughs> oh, something. Oh, it is terrible. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. oh shoot. <laughs> um, no, nothing. There's nothing new. Um, we have, uh, there's a, this, this kind of perception or this, this quest for constant and constant and constant improvement and change. And sometimes if you don't allow yourself, be it personally or in your business to pause and think and, you know, self-reflect that all this changes for not. Mm. So we're in year two of, uh, of three where nothing changes. You know, input costs and marketing is all there. That that yeah. always changes. But we're not changing any kind of like no new tillage tool, maybe a new combine, but a combine is a combine. Um, but there is no new approach. Okay. Um, we I need like to it. just, we have to focus. So, and then, you know, after next year, then yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I guess that's my, then my follow up is because I love that. And if you could talk to my partner about how sometimes like keeping things yeah, the same one year, <laughs> uh, no, that keeping things the same one year isn't a bad thing because then you can evaluate how you did. So I guess that's my next question is in year after year three, let's say, if you're in two of three, as you said, will you sit down and sort of look at what happened over those years and say, okay, what oh, could yeah. we well, tweak? Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole point of that three year kind of cycle is we take, okay, let's say year three ends in December. You take a little time off for the family and friends. And then come January, we you start throwing hard analysis at that trend and you normalize things against pricing and all that stuff. Or, and it's not always about like positive ROI. It is, is my life better because of what we did? Mm. Or is my family life better because of what we did? Because I don't work, I don't live to farm, I farm to live. Mm. And I want to go see my son off the bus. I want to go hug my wife. And I hope she wants to hug me that same day. And um, (laughs) so, yes, there is lots of introspection. And it happens through a whole process. But we know for that three-year program, like, this is what we're doing. And now, do we want to continue it? Or do we want to tweak it? Or do we want to throw it away? Cool. I I love this perspective. And we're going to see. Yeah, we live in the gray. Yeah. <laughs> Just, and that's okay. And that's, so, but yes, like, quite honestly, I love this idea of, of, well, or I guess the important part to me is that you do actually do evaluate, you look back, but by, by oh, it, not changing anything major, you have that opportunity to evaluate. Yeah. Stability lets you, allows you to change things mm. going forward because you know how that works. 
relative right. to like the chaos around us. Mm-hmm. Chaos, a very strangely spelled word. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. He's a great rapper too. <laughs> yes. Also spelled differently than the actual word, but we digress. All right. Um, okay. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, enjoy the wonderful weather you are having. Ours is not so nice. Uh, yeah. But thanks so much for yeah. joining me on the show. Anytime. All right. We're going to head for a break and I will be back with Jason Kaler out of Manitoba right after this. The Advancing Women Conference, the national leadership conference for women in agriculture, is celebrating 10 years of bringing women in ag together. Calling all producers, students, entrepreneurs, representatives of grower associations, and corporate agribusiness together in Calgary on March 12th, 13th, and 14th. Visit advancingwomenconference.ca for more information and to register. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. to Real Ag Radio. I am your host for the day, Lindsay Smith, and this segment is brought to you by farmingtheweb.ca. Check out farmingtheweb.ca, a practical, free, and user-friendly classified site for farmers to buy and sell agricultural projects online. Now, with new and improved features to make your experience even better, buy, sell, get back to work, visit farmingtheweb.ca. All right, as promised, we go now to Manitoba and Jason Kaler. All right, we head to Alberta now and to the special areas. And they are special, let me tell you. Uh, And here on the line, I've got Creston Jorgensen. If I could get my words out today, I got to tell you, how are things out your way? Hi, good. Uh, Thanks for having me back there. Doing good. Uh, The weather's nice for January, so it's been good. I like that you have to qualify it for January. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's all right. Okay, yeah. explain to people who maybe don't know, where are the special areas and why do we call them the special areas? What's so special about them? <laughs> uh, it's special because we don't get rain, basically. <laughs> uh, they were formed in the 1930s because so many municipalities were going bankrupt from people not being able to pay their taxes that the government took over. So it's not a municipality. It's actually ran by the Alberta government. And that's the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Is uh, So a lot of our positions, we do have an elected board, but there's also an appointed person. So, uh, okay. It's, yeah, <laughs> you it's, can Google it. <laughs> see, it's special. So, this is what I'm saying. So yes, yeah. it, is, it is special in a lot of reasons. So, okay, but being so dry... Uh, what, what does your farm setup look like? What, what do you grow or raise? Uh, we have grain, but mostly we're cattle and, uh, purebred cattle, purebred semental 
mainly, or moving more and more into purebred Semitols. So, so yeah, okay. we're mainly cattle. Yeah, so so you're grass farmers because you got to farm the grass or else there's nothing for the cattle to eat. Um, but cool to go the purebred route. What do you love about the seed stock business on the cattle side? Uh, I just like seeing like what our genetics and our bulls and heifers, how they go into other people's herds and how they perform in different people's situations because everybody ranch is a bit different and just yeah seeing how they do yeah um it's super exciting i think on the genetic side that's for sure so my my question this week i have a couple um for the question of the week but one of them is where does your budget live so is it on a piece of paper is it in your head is it actually on a computer and other people can access it where does your budget live um <laughs> sorry somebody's just pulling up beside me yeah no worries <laughs> um it's uh would be on a piece of paper and my head <laughs> yeah and the piece of paper uh, for the budget this year try not to look at it too often because of how expensive it is to eat a cow this winter. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it's real, but I don't like to think of the number that it is. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough one. And, and this is one where, uh, you know, for grain operators, maybe these past years have been, uh, at least pretty strong in some ways, but for livestock, uh, we're the ones buying those high feed prices. So it hurts a little. Got to tell you. Yeah, it's been a pretty rough eight years or probably more than that for the cattle industry. Like, uh, I think the 2022 numbers were the low, Canadian herd numbers were the lowest since 1989. So that tells you it's a lot of people that have been getting out of the industry. Mm-hmm, for sure. But... Uh, I think this past week, though, uh, I'm sure it's the strongest prices we've ever had, like in history. So uh, cost would also be the highest ever, mm-hmm. but at least at least the price of cattle are going up to try to match it. Yeah. So I'm pretty optimistic going forward for those of us left. Awesome. So now my next question is, what do you plan on, what new thing do you plan on doing this year with the farm? Uh, we're moving to have our own bull sale. So oh. like on the farm, yeah. uh, normally we have it in veteran and this year we're moving it on farm. Okay. So that's going to be totally different and unique to us. So what does that all entail? And, yeah. Like I imagine like um, a lot of planning and, like what is what is hosting a bull sale entail? Ah, uh, I'll find out in <laughs> months, I guess. <laughs> this is a very honest answer. I think it's going to be a lot more work than just taking them to veteran anyway, because we're going to have to find our own staff and uh, set up penning is another big thing, and just yeah. Do you have to feed everybody? <laughs> like, are you going to have to have like food trucks or some sort of catering or something? Rink burgers? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What do you feed people at a bull sale? <laughs> yeah, there'll be a lunch for sure, and then 
snacks and stuff afterwards and drinks and all that stuff. It sounds like a lot of fun. Okay, so what time of year do you have bull sales? uh, Ours is March. March 29th is when we're having ours this year. Uh, Most, I'm going to say the bull sale season starts right away here, like coming up in the next couple of weeks and goes until middle of April is when most of them fit into Mm -hmm. kind of. So we've always had ours middle of April. Okay. So it is a bit early. Sorry, middle of March. Okay. Middle of March. Um, Okay. So that's coming up soon. For some reason, I didn't think it would be that soon, but it is actually very. So you'll have to let us know how it goes (laughs) uh, because that is coming up pretty soon. Um, Follow up question to that. Where is the furthest a field you've sold a bull to? Um, up like by Edmonton area and then that's the farthest north is just north of Edmonton and then down like, uh, south of Lethbridge. Cool. Would be the farthest north and south. And then, yeah, I don't go to like Lacombe to the west and into Saskatchewan to the east. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, well, I hope it goes well. Please let us know. Um, and maybe maybe next time we talk about this, you can tell us all the things you would do differently <laughs> or not do again yeah. hosting your own bull sale. <laughs> maybe it'll be one and done. Or maybe this will be the new tradition, right? Because I get the sense that, like, I've seen the catalogs and the, like, these are a big deal. So to host your own seems seems like a pretty cool move. Yeah, we've been planning on it for probably 20 years to be honest like yeah. ever since we start getting into purebreds we've been thinking one day we'll have our own sale so it's always been the goal and just decided this year we would try it i guess okay all right and so, what is the what is the ranch name if anybody wants to check it out look it up what is your uh, ranch name uh, that they could uh camden cattle it's c-a-m-d-e-n cattle Okay. The farm name is actually Camden Farms, but the Semitals yeah. are Camden registered Camden. under Camden Cattle. Yeah, perfect. Okay, well, anyone out there who wants to take a look, Google it, and you'll also learn about the special areas. <laughs> All right, Kristen, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Okay, thanks for having me. All right, we're going to head to one more break, and then I will be back with Kristen Jorgensen. And stick around right to the end. Um, I've got a couple thoughts about renting land, land rents, land rent agreements that I'd really like to get your feedback on. So stick around. If you're involved in the agriculture industry, it's important to stay informed on all the latest issues affecting your business. At realagriculture.com, we offer fast, reliable news, information, and insights to help you keep on top of all of the latest in Canadian agriculture. Visit realagriculture.com and sign up for our free daily newsletter covering everything from news, agronomy, animal agriculture, and much more. Visit realagriculture.com forward slash subscribe today. Want to get the best out of your soybean crops? Whether you've been growing them for a generation or are just starting into soybeans, find what you need to know at SoybeanSchool.com. You'll see videos on growing tips, pest control, and much more from specialists across the region, all in one place. Easy for you to access from your desktop, tablet, or mobile phone. 
Maximize your yields by staying up to date with the Soybean School, presented by BASF, Pride Seeds, and Syngenta Canada. Welcome back to Real Egg Radio. I am your host for the day, Lindsay Smith, and we are on to our last farmer interview for the day. This is my chat with Creston Jorgensen. Welcome back to Real Egg Radio. I am your host, Lindsay Smith, for this edition of the Farmer Rapid Fire. And joining me now from the arena in Brandon at Manitoba Egg Days, Jason Kaler. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. Now you're from, you farm at Carmen, but this is Manitoba okay. Ag Days week. So of course that's where you are. Uh, what's that's uh, what Manitoba is, yep. Yeah, that's, everyone's there. What, uh, what's your favorite thing about the show? Well, I would have to say, actually, the favorite thing about the show for me is uh, it's a it's a dad daughter date day. I uh, come here every year with my daughter Paisley. We just pull her out of school and and we go to egg days every year. So I would have to say that is my favorite thing about egg days. That is pretty fantastic. I am lucky in that our local farm show, the Ottawa Valley Farm Show, is during spring break, and I so the kids oh, always go. So yeah, exactly. I take them all, and uh, yeah, we don't even have to miss school. I think the kids would prefer miss school to go but anyway so paisley is very lucky yeah Yeah, i'm sure she uh she'll be old hat by the time she's done school she'll know the whole layout and how to get from one end to the other so that's good um i started taking her when she was three so yeah oh there you go see now now back at home what is keeping you busy this week well we're uh oh it's a different different time of the year obviously january is a little more uh low-key than than say uh may or uh august but uh Still busy. Uh, we're shipping potatoes. Uh, as a matter of fact, the boys are at home shipping right now, uh, loading some trucks to go to Simplot to make some French fries. Uh, guys are working in the shop, working on uh, potato machinery again, uh, getting some, uh, trying to get everything, uh, all the harvest equipment uh, tip-top shape for next year. And uh, yeah, we've been hauling some canola, checking bins, uh, moving some snow around. We, we've got a small herd of cattle, so we're uh, kind of just uh, starting to make some preparations for uh, for calving. We've got some babies going to be coming our way here in February, I guess. And uh, yeah, just uh, enough to keep us busy all the time. That, that's more than enough. I'll be honest. That sounds like yeah. a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, well, it's, yeah. it's nice. Yes, exactly. It keeps you busy. So, uh, exactly. so calving in February. So do you, do you like calving in yeah. February? I feel like that's asking well, for very cold nights. It is. It's uh, it's a lot of hours awake. I guess it's uh, you got to keep. Uh, fortunately, we don't have many uh, cows calving in February. We we purchased a, a small herd from a neighbor who, who was terminally ill this fall, and uh, so his cows were bred for February. So that's we'll be calving twenty head in February. Our existing herd, our our, our own cows, are bred for April. So it's not that it's uh, our maiden calving pushes February, but uh, we will be doing. We will something. be. All right. Well, then we shall hope for sunny days and lovely weather. And I will say this much, when it's cold, you don't worry so much about pneumonia. Yes. It's kind of nice. No, so that's that, okay. that part is nice, infections. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, frozen ears and frozen tails. Yeah, that's exactly. Watch for them. Yeah, although then you can put those cute hats on them, so then it's <laughs> fine. Um, okay. Yeah, we do that. Yes. Yeah. Now, so potato grower... How did, so this was a bizarre year in Manitoba, if I can say that. But of course, um, you do live in a, a beautiful little pocket of Manitoba for potato growing. But what kind of year was it? 
Uh, you know what? Are are your yes? It, it was a bit. Uh, I, well, I don't know to find normal, but uh, <laughs> true. We seeded. Uh, we seeded late. Uh, we the bulk of our crop went in on the in the last week of May and the first days of June. Uh, so in that regard, it was a bit late. But uh, Mother Nature was smiling on us, and uh, we had a really great growing season. It wasn't too warm. It wasn't too cold. We got uh, rain every week. Had a fantastic summer. Uh, our crop really. Um, made up days uh, that were lost due to the seeding date. Uh, in the end, I would say we had an average to above average crop uh, all across the board, including the potatoes. So, uh, wow. uh, you know, we feel, yeah, you know, it was a tight, we were busy uh, mm-hmm. because there, there was, you know, normally we seed in, in late April, beginning of May, and, and, you know, kind of do our crop care in June. And July tends to be a month where we're still busy irrigating in that. But, you know, there's a little bit of time to breathe and maybe go a little, do a little camping or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year it was just we just went straight through. I think we sprayed fungicide right almost to the beginning of August, and, and uh, by that time we had some rye grass that needed to be combined. And, and yeah, we combined canola till October and uh, corn till November, and uh, whatever we got it all done. We had an awesome crop. We're extremely thankful. Wow. Yeah. It, the the sort of the backwardness a bit of the harvest season was a strange one of like beans being yeah, done we before don't canola combine. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, and that's how it went. Uh, we don't normally, call, you know, normally our canola is mostly done in August. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> we are we seeded our last canola on June thirtieth wow. and combined it on, I believe, August or pardon me, October fourteenth. Wow, that's wild. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, it was it was quite a ride. Yeah, no kidding. I well, my my hope for twenty twenty three is that it be maybe more average, a little less exciting. Um, so I have I actually have sort of two questions of the week, um, but this one sure. and everyone so far has had very different answers, which is fantastic. I love it. But our question on the website uh, for the week is, where is your budget? So do you have spreadsheets? Do you have one in your head? Do you have it written on a napkin? Where where do your budgets live? <laughs> uh, well, we we actually have a, a, a member of our team, uh, Trevor. He, he's our CFO, so he he, he keeps uh, pretty close track of our budgets, and he's got spreadsheets, and he's got all kinds of paper. Mine, for me, is in my head. Right. Uh, I kind of keep, uh, you know, for me, yeah, we've got a rough budget for how we want to operate the farm, but uh, you know, uh, things change so much along the way throughout the season. I, I would say a budget for us is more of a guideline than anything. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is so far, I'm pretty sure everybody has at least two versions. And yep. yeah, so that I think that uh, it's smart. I like I like how that goes. Now, my, my next question is, what new thing are you doing on the farm this year? What new thing? Uh, we've tried a lot of different new things uh, over the past five years. Um, what are we doing this year that's new? We're not actually doing a whole lot that's new this year. Last year, we tried hemp for the first time. Year before that, we tried fertil- or uh, pardon me, uh, sunflowers for the first time. Uh, this year, I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, maybe I had so much excitement last summer. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm backing off a bit. <laughs> you, you can be I don't forgiven. Know if there's anything too new that. going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know that there's too much new going on on our farm this summer. That might be okay, given all the yeah having to um, seed canola end of June might have been enough yes. new to a little bit more normalcy. Would, we'll be fine. It would year. be just fine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so one last question. And I don't know if you've been following along um, with this uh, Lambda size or the Matador silencer news, but I'm, I'm curious because, so this is an insecticide, of course, it can be used on potatoes. Um, and 
often cull potatoes and these sorts of things would be fed to cattle. Is that something you do on your farm or is that relatively common around where you are? Yes, actually it is. Uh, well, our processed potatoes all go, we don't grade a lot out on our process side. Uh, that mostly goes into the factory. Um, on our, we do grow uh, a few acres of uh, table potatoes, uh, some reds and some yellows. Now they're graded a little harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we do try to, we, we do try to, to feed those calls to the cattle. Yes. Yeah. And do they love them? I feel like they would. Oh, love is a, is a easy term. They, they <laughs> go nuts when you show up. <laughs> With potatoes. Well, <laughs> I just think about like they're starchy. Like they were just, it just seems like something cattle would love. They, it's actually, it's actually almost comical. Like they, they crowd the tractor so if, if you bring a bucket out or yeah. whatever, they crowd the tractor so bad you gotta you gotta watch it. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, so but that does of course it brings up the so another another farmer had brought up you know that this is actually one of the great things about something like potatoes or or other crops though is that we have livestock who can use the quote unquote you know off or byproduct or the culls of it. Well, right. So this is a yep, this is a benefit. That's this exactly is a right. Yeah. Yes, that's part of the reason we we actually hadn't been in the cattle business. I had cows when I was a kid, but we hadn't been in the cattle business for 20 years, and we decided to, to enter it again just because we we feel that we can be pretty efficient feeding mm-hmm. a herd of cattle just with with what we have on our farm. Whether it's uh, you know we screened we screened a bunch of our corn, you know, uh, we have the potatoes, we have uh, you know peas and and different things that we can screen and and, and make some great feed. So just with lowering our dockage at the elevator we're feeding cattle mm-hmm. and so we're yeah. really uh we're really looking forward to that plus we want to try a little you know regen and, and try and improve some some land and, and things so uh yeah we're, we're really looking forward to having the cattle as part of our operation that's awesome yep and i mean it gets the manure out there it gives you an opportunity yep. like you said to put some maybe put some forage in the rotation all those sorts of things opens up some opportunities and then you get steak yeah so everybody wins and then you get steak <laughs> everybody wins everybody <laughs> loves steak we gotta say no to a good steak yeah? yeah exactly all right okay well jason i'll let you get back to the show but thanks so much for joining us on the show today hey anytime i love it all right, big thank you to each and every one of the farmers that joined me today, to Garrett, to Dan, to Jason, to Creston. Loved hearing from each of them. One of the things I wanted to touch on that I promised I would is if anyone caught the Monday show of The Agronomist, so every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, we go live on YouTube, on uh, realagriculture.com slash agronomists, um, on Facebook, on Twitter, you can find it, 8 p.m. Eastern, go and check it out. But on Monday's show, we had a really good conversation about renting land and land rents. And realistically, there's the potential, I guess, let's put it this way, the potential to shift gears away from cash rent to sharecropping. And not that this is necessarily going to suddenly take over, but Chad Anderson brought up the point that if we are looking at what is best for the land, then renting can create a bit of a challenge in that even if you have a two or three year rental agreement, it can be difficult to invest in that land significantly because of the, the, the threat really that you may not necessarily be farming that land in, in a couple of years. And so 
is there opportunity to potentially work in a win-win where the landowner and the farmer can improve the asset, the land base, and the farmer can have some uh, assurances that the money that they're investing, they're also going to benefit. And so Chad shared that, you know, he's seeing more of these um, agreements where it's a crop share, where the where the landowners actually has some skin in the game as far as how well the crop does. The, the farmer can make longer term decisions with perhaps uh, better outcomes in the long term, adding resiliency to that soil system, all of those great things to put together to make those decisions that sometimes in the short term, perhaps aren't immediately paid for uh, in, you know, the first year, second year, but are in the longer term. And so on that same show, um, Edgar Hammermeister out of Saskatchewan shared as well that realistically as farmers, we could or should, or maybe there's an opportunity to really put together more of a resume of here's what I'm going to do on your land and not just about fertility or those sorts of things, because that's often what we think of, but it was all in the context of rotation for one thing, and also in diseases and weeds that we have to think about. So Edgar's point was, if as a renter, you are cognizant of the rotation risks of too tight a rotation on pulses or canola, let's say, for soil-borne diseases, or whether it was about, let's say, the development of herbicide-resistant weeds. If you're the farmer who is going to put forward a plan to say, here's how I'm going to manage these in the long term, I am I am considerate of the asset base and what I leave behind if I stop renting this piece of land does not become a selling feature, differentiating factor for you as the renter to be able to secure land or secure longer term contracts. So definitely uh, a really key discussion point is not just, you know, how well you farm it, so how timely or how tidy you keep things or whatever, but is there opportunity within land rental agreements or crop share agreements um, to in to sort of slide in some health, uh, soil health quality, and longer term re- resistance management into these agreements? So, would love to hear your feedback on that. We're running out of time on today's show, so please zip me uh, an email, lsmith at realagriculture.com, or call that feedback line, 1-855-776-6147. Let us know if you are using an interesting sort of angle to land rents, or if you see this as a pro, a con, uh, or nothing but trouble. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you to all my guests, and I will be back for tomorrow's show and the issues panel and a beef market update. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for downloading this episode of Real Egg Radio, brought to you by FMC Preschool. FMC Preschool is an education and stewardship extension of FMC Canada with a firm mandate to educate and bring value to customers and stakeholders regarding proactive weed control and resistance management best practices. For product agnostic weed management content, visit fmcpreschool.com. fmcpreschool.com. Your knowledge, your business, your success.